Hello everybody, my name is Gianluca Mifsud and welcome to Chat About Episode 3. Today, as promised, we're going to be continuing off where we left last week with our A Ritual of Smoke and Mirrors Workshop Chat Part 2. So, I do hope you guys enjoy, sit back, relax and listen to this excerpt from our summer workshops taken many, many months ago. <laughs> It's easier to live in that perfect space than exist and acknowledge the trauma and the crisis that we're, the crises that we're experiencing here. But at what cost? Nothing becomes real anymore, you know? It sounds like depression. <laughs> nice! <laughs> How so? How so? Because you take the pain away, so you stop feeling, so you stop feeling both pain and joy. Sadness and, and happy moments and pleasure. So it's just a gray area of derealization in my Well, I would say that for some people living on the internet, it's not that, it's not derealization. It is, it's living in nirvanas. It's, it's finding the perfect space because you're presenting perfection, looking at perfection, you know, and you can finally forget about the crane outside and the spot on your face. No, I think then you more than... become apathetic to this space, sorry. I think more than we distract ourselves from what's going on outside, social issues, I think it's more used as a space where you distract yourself from the sadness of your own reality. In fact, mm -hmm. I feel like the most active people, sorry, on social media are the ones who like, don't have much going on in their actual mm. Exactly. It's finding mm. your own reality. It's not derealization. It's not trying to find no, the I don't think it's like, oh my god, I'm so worried about climate change. Hammer full internet I'm hosting here. I think it's Lalu, my life really is not like it. It is just something to do. It is literally just something to do. It's like when you're not you don't want to be in your own head so you go somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are videos present of people like enough singing or just talking to themselves. It's not it's not Curating a perfect vision of yourself to people, it's finding an audience, finding someone who will actually listen to you when they don't. But in in it's it's that's a performance. Finding right? comfort. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to look at the perfect version, we're showing them the most vulnerable version of. And also, <laughs> the performance. But I think we're thinking if, if you're talking, mindset. if you're talking to yourself in your room and you're filming it, you're indirectly performing. Even if it's you with your own thoughts, I believe that you're always performing. Even if you're in bed at night thinking to yourself, the way your thoughts process is, is a performance. Because you, you are trying to b battle with yourself in the sense you are trying to curate. And there is self-judgment when you, your brain has a thought that you didn't mm -hmm. want it to have and then you, mm -hmm. you, you judge that. Mm -hmm. but I um, Okay, go Mark, and then I'm gonna move on to a, another question. Sorry, because I know I'm like going on and on. But yeah, I think I think we're only saying that it's a performance, though, because we're familiar with the term and because we use it so much. In reality, that is ourself. Performance or not, that is who we are. Performance, really, I feel like obviously the word first came when it we were performing in a performance. But now, obviously, those lines have blurred and we've started using it for everything. But 
in reality, I don't think there's a distinction anymore. I think it's a so, different and exaggerated version of ourselves. I don't think it's ourselves as we are. When you're being yourself, you're performing, though. What is your Psychological. People will do a study of how you react in different situations. And subconsciously, something will change. Subconsciously, something will change. So I don't think it's... Manish, it's not you. It's just not you. And I think your... your what's the word? Your line of thinking is a slippery slope because with that level of, I don't mean to be rude by saying this, but that level of cynicism, you're denying any concept of self. And that is dangerous. Yeah. I'm not saying there is a singular self, but there is the concept of self. That is what Mark's whole section is going to be exploring. He does not necessarily need to arrive at a persona, a singular, or, or rather, he doesn't need to arrive at the persona, the self, but a the concept of it exists. It is fluid, it is shifting, but it exists. You know? You can't deny the concept of self. So I think I just wanted to it's, challenge it's, that it's, a bit. It's a weird one because again, like what is the concept of self? You know, like you who, don't who are you? who are you? What what are you? No, it's what not makes easily you easily answerable, but it's just there. It's no just no but that's, there, that's the thing. Know. Like but for me the fact that I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying that we perform so much and for me everything is a performance to the point where the concept of self, whether it exists or not, is, is redundant. Its existence or otherwise is redundant. Because we're always performing. So whether there's a concept of self out there or not, I never fucking see it. So what's the point of it being there's a concept? No, no, we are. It, it mean, gives you hope. It gives you hope and it gives meaning. So you're saying, I'm doing this because this is who I am. It's not a performance. So I think the concept of self can sometimes be a defense mechanism. It is me, it's who I am, you know what I mean? This is myself. Oh, because it is a sense of security. So, so okay, you, you say that in order to hide the reality that there is no sense of self. You just use that, you know? So to a certain extent, I think that is an issue as well. So I'm not saying the concept doesn't exist. I'm saying it, a concept of self exists because... We could ha it, it is a possibility that we invented the concept of self to justify who we are and what we do in our lives, as opposed to it being performance. You mentioned, you mentioned my argument. we are performing, and it's true that this is literally what we are exploring in this piece. Sunglasses performs intelligence, sneakers performs safety, I suppose, and the, performs their identity. Texture maybe doesn't perform. I'm going to explore that in the next question. Trend performs perfection or, or um, accessibility. He's so cool in the and, and Toy, I guess, performs um, comfort and, and love and, and, and compassion. I would say stability. Uh -huh. I would say texture performs relationships. Ah. Performs not necessarily identity, but relationship with others. Obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's not my character, you know? But well, that's my, what I My next question, in fact, was going to be, how do we connect slash communicate? Mm -hmm. Let's take it literally. Let's start in a very literal sense. We connect by touching each other. That is something that is coming increasingly rare because it's so easy to connect digitally that the physical idea of connection again is 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 deteriorating. And then it's important. Sometimes it's more. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes yeah. even when we're talking in person, there's like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening, but I'm also replying mm -hmm. to my mom, 
uh, or someone, so I'm having two conversations at once, so it, there's no less focus, or the singular focus, there's more multiple focuses. So it's more connection, but less... I think there's just genuine connection So, you know, I'd like to talk to a variety of people Actually, every person that comes my way I will speak to Shimotio Ivor And the certain different levels of investment That the people have when you are speaking to them Oh, it's, it's, it's very... You know, not a part of Fisa personally But when I'm speaking to someone And they even direct themselves at their phone I'm like, hmm you are not invested in this conversation. So it's not that you don't actually connect with them because you're thinking about something else. The and it's the same with communication. There's all these avenues of communication, but we're just like the internet, right? A lot more comfortable for it to be light and easy and quick and instantaneous than you can do it when you want to. You can walk away when you want exactly. to then sit down, make eye contact, listen to each other's and not run away breath well. and, not, and not run away when things get yeah. really scary, you know? I think I dwell on it and my father and I talk about it a lot. It all centers around lack of apathy and individualism, which I think is our tragedy because when I sit down and listen to someone they they talk for hours and I do lack of lack of apathy lack of apathy and individualism but we don't have a lack we have a yeah. lot of individualism we have a lot of individualism everyone should be focused on themselves and what I'm doing and what how, how I feel and my trauma and what I have to which do which is why we're doing the monologues by the way in the first half mm -hmm. because it is all each persona is obsessed with their self not, uh -huh. not the, the community. So, so, just on the same level. So it's more about you listen in order to reply as opposed to genuinely listening. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, and, and again, I, I read like lots of Stoicism as, as philosophy. And I feel like really helps. Like whenever I'm stressed or like overthinking, I read philosophy. It's weird, but that's how I cope. It works. Um, and, and, and a big part of the teaching is you have two ears and one mouth. So you should listen more than you talk. And it's such a simple concept and you forget so much about just listening. How many times have you been in a conversation, even I've done it, where, where you're, like some of you, like, you know, 10 minutes ago I were talking now, you're listening to someone talk, but in the back of your head saying, okay, so I'm waiting for them to finish so I can say my point. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not listening to what the fuck the person's actually saying. You could be repeating what the fuck they said, but you're so invested in, in, what you're going to say and next. And how I look saying it. And how you look yeah. saying it. That you don't actually listen. And for me, that's something like active listening. It's, it's called in, yes. in, in, in cognitive psychology. It's, it's, psychology it's, act, it's active listening. You know, so you're hearing what people are saying. Like, yes, yes, of course, you know. But you're not actively understanding them. You know, you don't build a connection with someone. I, I, I could come in here and, and talk to you about something I've really struggled with. But for you, it's always surface level. You know, it takes a lot for you to actually build a connection, uh, truly take a moment and understand. You know what I mean? Like, I really had a shit, shit week. Like, work was really stressful. Like, ah, oh, sorry about that, but... But you don't actually know how I'm feeling. You don't know, you know, you never take a moment and say, no stress at work. Okay, I know what he's feeling. You don't, you never one ever takes that moment. And I'm someone who's just very empathetic by nature, I feel, you know. So I make more of an effort to do it. And, you, and, you, and then that's when you start realizing how apathetic people are. 
even the people who you deem empathetic in your life and, and they really like connect and they're soft soft by nature if you know what I mean uh-huh. even those people don't actually connect on that level and empathize as much they are they're more they're more emotionally empathic but it's not an active exercise yeah. But um, also, can I, like, you can't connect all the time, you can't be... No, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, FinTech, it's, I understand you, it's a certain level of... I don't mean, like, everything someone says, like, I had a good week, really, like, you know, it's not like this, you really have to feel it. But there's a certain level at, of, of, like, a depth level of... Depth. We're missing, a, like, a, you know, a deeper level. You might find it increasingly, like, depressingly... We, we, we refuse to form these genuine connections. So, oh, for example, you're talking about taking a moment and being empathetic. It's a, you know, I consider myself an empathetic person. People use you because you are empathetic. If people will say, ah, the actual Tatekasi, Hank and the Maktar. So, you know, from like the many. The whole character, sorry, not you. The persona. The whole, like, from the several people I talked to, like, I think I have one. Or two really good friends, Lisa and when I, I'm actually sad, they're like, it's okay, honey, off, or honey, it's I think it's also a sense of um, frustration because people aren't willing to do it for each other. You can't just rely on this one person, you know. I think it's just very sad. This is why I think it's a tragedy that our generation is not capable of actually empathizing with each other. So if, if we actually empathize, it would be such a better. In case. fact, in fact, ideas, a, 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 a few points. First, I just wanted to off on, on these points circle back to what you were saying in the very beginning of a shift in perspective. A shift in perspective where I was about to kind of stop you before you said active listening and say, oh, I know why people want to talk more and listen less because talking is an active exercise. It is an actual action, and even whatever. And, and people don't like being passive. So there we go, the shift in perspective. If you look at listening, if you look at receiving as an active exercise, just like in the beginning we were saying, if you look at acknowledging the crisis as a reality in itself that you can live within and try to find meaning within anyway. So if you shift that perspective, all of a sudden, connection, um, recognizing trauma, becomes... Mm-hmm. Easier, not easy, but mm-hmm. more achievable. Rather. And I think it's it's a very surface level type of connection. As for example, if there's BLM or climate change, and just share a post on climate change, who mm-hmm. I empathize with this cause, like no, no, no. I'm not saying that. Answer you. You know, it's it, it literally you hear people's stories and you just jump on the bandwagon because it's convenient uh-huh. or because everyone else is doing it. In fact, my second point was going to be, I think. And this is like a, this is now veering into politics, which we can for a bit, but I will, if we go too far, I'll pull back. Um, a big problem, I think, um, of our generation is that we might go, we might be going way too far left at times, to the point where, like I saw a video today, of like in America, they are looking to do like the Black National Anthem, or two of everything. And if you look at it on paper, it just it feels like they're segregating yeah. again. Exactly. And the guy said, the guy said, if you go too far woke, you come out racist on the other side, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And now, that is using race as an example, but we can also talk okay. about um, book burning and cancel culture. If you go too far left, which I feel like our generation very much is, you 
you become as intolerant as the people on the far right. You know, we saw the nobodies in mm-hmm. at Sparks you know, last week, and that was about how ideology, if you are not constantly holding it back, if you let it run into extremism, you just it looks the same. The far left and the far right are. Uh-huh. Exactly the same, but on paper or on an image, they probably look exactly the same. The good bad, bad, bad type of. Um, what I will say about that, though, is that again, I find myself using this argument a lot. Um, the concept of um, a very vocal minority. Mm. It's uh, I I was in my head. I said, oh, but that's just the vocal minority. But then I like double-backed almost and said Speci, if that's the excuse that everyone's making you know how how big actually is this minority is this minority going to be allowed to do their thing and to do all of this because they are so vocal in reality i think that the more extreme you are the more things travel on social media, but nuance doesn't travel on social media. I think people so you don't see those who are genuinely nuanced about these issues speaking about them unless they are given a place to speak. Yeah. Because it is very rare that they find their own place to speak if they are nuanced. I might think the extreme spreads, sorry, so quickly because. And our education system is the person to thank, to critically think. It's free you see something. And you're just like, ah, okay, I'm going to support this. I'm going to not support it. It's really, you don't actually like question it and think about it. You'll be like, all right, why is this happening? What, what do I do? And manish la to critically think as a generation, Jafiri, it is not. It's easier. It's we easier. jump on things. I think it's automatic almost to, maybe not automatic, but instinctual to, to resolve to an easier, simpler solution because then you feel calmer mm-hmm. if you believe in it. You feel calmer because world finally makes sense. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Because, yes, it is the education. Of course it's the education. So many more things as well on top of that. And then you say, okay, let's fix the education. Education fixed. But everything's falling apart in the meantime. At least we have education. But, you know, the problem still persists. But everything is still fucked inherently. And it will always be fucked inherently. This is why I think it does form part of our... Our tragic flaw. I mean, look, cancel culture or the act of denying someone's relevance because they are actively causing harm is at times needed. Mm-hmm. But I think we have, again, that is a slippery slope. Because what you do then is you deny someone their relevance, that means you don't listen to them. Obviously you don't listen to them because they're talking shit, but we talked about communication and active listening. If we do what you guys are doing and block me off and shove all of the, the darkness of the world into a corner and ignore it, it becomes like a tumor and it just festers. And that is when we get even more polarization. The far right becomes more extremist, the far left becomes more extreme, and we just move ahead. We're all moving into our individual bubbles, as, as and we are not to, yeah. coming to connect and listen. As opposed to literally just having a conversation about it. it this is my opinion, this is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I want to say. And, and social media makes it worse. Why? 
if you are pro-choice you're going to like you're going to like that page that promotes pro-life pro-choice if you're pro-life you're going to like all those pages that advertise pro-life so if you're if you're on facebook and you're scrolling through you're never going to see something from the other side because you've never liked it the algorithm gives you content that you've liked so you never end up hearing a different point of view you know and you never end up hearing the, the, the opposite side, you know what I mean? So, so you, all, you always end up in this, and social media makes it worse, you know? Um, but as you're saying, actually there's this, such a divide, and all it needs is a conversation. You know, everyone gets so like... Not me, 100%. Like, not It might think, I think the biggest... No, we won't, so okay. I'm going to use it as a segue. The biggest <laughs> triumph we ever had as like a country and the world is when we came together. That's never going to happen again. We're never going to come together. That's the most, I think, depressing thing. And I don't think... No, I think there will be moments where we come together again. I, I, I if there's a crisis that needs it. And it will split apart again. But there will be points where, where we come together. So, you mentioned... Yes. What it, crisis? It's even simple things like football, man. Like when the Maltese national team is playing, nationalists to labor, we're all, we're all one supporting Malta. Even something as simple as that brings people but together. But only because we're against someone else. Thank you, Kroon. Thank you, Kroon. Valid point. So, yeah. But like, but I'm sorry, but what you said yeah, okay, was, point, you, yeah. we came together, also in the past, you came together against someone. You said as a country, no? Mm. In my think we're so divided. They will ask us in a shina, palayo, pais, ankapaladinya. We will get together again. No, we're not good. As a festa, we can. It's literally festa. Is Ara? I'm the best. I'm going to show you. And there are anti festa and festa in the same village. So no way. No, I hate the people. No way. Guys, we keep we've talked a lot about individualism and in our generations, not just our generations. To be honest, our realities like across the world I think um, veering to being more and more individualistic and yet my last question and we were going to talk for like five six more minutes and then I thought but our last question is what should we share because in a weird way then as much as we are individualistic I feel like we have become this circles back to our conversation we had last week I think we have become desperate to share everything of our own with everyone for all the wrong reasons because it is I am going to I guess it is individualistic now that I'm speaking out loud because it is I am going to share this video of me meeting my baby cousin with you because it will make you think better of me exactly. so That's I suppose I it thinking. is individualistic I might think we have a desperate desire an innate desire from between Abel to forever um, to connect with people and to share and to love. If when we don't get that, we want someone to fulfill it for us. Yeah. I don't think it's a sense of, I'm sharing this with you because I genuinely care for you. And since we can't make those connections, I think it's getting increasingly harder. If you just, okay, you make me feel loved, so I'm going to keep you. And that is where it stops. We're just going for the easiest route. Eh? It's, it's easier to, to, we talked about the example of someone having a breakdown on, on social media and, and recording it. It is easier to get the instant validation of someone messaging saying, I hope you're okay, digitally, than it is to, in real life, sharing that vulnerability with someone in space and going through the tricky um, complexities of, I don't know how to help, but do you want to help? Yes, maybe, you know, 
It's because we'd have to say building a whole relationship with a person where you can be vulnerable with them, which is much more difficult than... We're scared to be vulnerable. As a generation, we haven't learned how to be vulnerable. You know, we, we don't accept it. Um, or we perform our vulnerability for validation. Cool. And I think... And, and I think people who perform their vulnerability at times are people who are uncomfortable with the vulnerability a lot of the time. It's kind of counterintuitive, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think people who are comfortable with their vulnerability and internally accept it won't, off, won't necessarily need to externalize it. I, am, I, I feel sometimes, for example, I'm a very vulnerable person, obviously, but I am, I've learned to be comfortable with my vulnerability, so I don't really share anything because... I kind of internalize them and accept them. So that's why I'm saying that I think people who, people who share them may not fully internalize them and understand them. Because I don't share and I internalize it. So in my head, everyone who does share, it implies they're but not I really understanding their vulnerability. It's a type of person. I'm also no, very are, comfortable with my are. vulnerability, but I feel a sense of comfort when I share no, it as well. It's a matter of, of But yeah. sharing in a digital sense? Le, 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 in a physical yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm yeah. crying, I feel yeah. comfort in someone. Jafiri. I'm okay with my crying. I can cry okay. by myself, no problem. But I feel comfort in someone being like, this is going to be okay. Or they give me a hug. What you said ties so perfectly to the last discussion. Because the last discussion was... Essentially, at least from my perspective, I talked a lot about those messages on Facebook of all my condolences. It's just how we are as people reacting to other stuff from our perspective in reality. Because for them, that person saying that much is the perfect amount for them. Mm -hmm. But for example, for us, Seeing anything on a digital forum means, okay, that's a facade, or okay, you're trying to trick yourself into thinking that subconsciously. It, it, it just goes down to that for me. But we and go for the easy route. It's easy to mm-hmm. like, it's my condolences, and you help them navigate their emotions. It's, it's very much a source of... Isma, that's ready, that's done, I helped her. I did her. my duty. I did I my duty, that's like, I, can't feel, I don't have to feel guilty anymore for not helping out. Mm-hmm. I think there is more we can do to build an actual connection. And saying, that doesn't, and saying that doesn't negate the fact that at times, for some people, um, yeah, that message is enough. It is enough. Yeah, you know? It is the, 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 the grieving online thing um, again. If it helps, it helps, and you don't deny that. You don't. Again, no, you're not gonna. It, it's not a black or white thing. There are these new these nuances, mm-hmm. and there are times where it is important. But yes, I think then again we talk about slippery slopes. We fall down the slippery slope, and then if it is good in one instance, then it can be the validation I need everywhere, all the time. You know, I don't need actual physical connections, actual emotional, deep emotional connections, because this is, this is my drug. This is all I need forever. Ma- if, I, if I may, because at least something struck me. It's not to like single you out, Emma, For example, before you were saying that you are seeking these deep and meaningful connections with those around you, because you feel that people don't understand how to achieve that level of depth of understanding anymore. In this situation, at least personally from my perspective, because before about the internet thing, I was explaining my gut reaction before I realized, oh, that's just me putting that on other people. That's my problem, you know? But don't you feel that in saying, oh, that's just the easy way out for them? That's just 
them doing the bare minimum so that they can get by, don't you think that that is reducing them to a level of surface level? Because in reality, they have lived their entire life previously. And in reality, the one time maybe that they kept grief to themselves to kind of sit with and keep maybe it was the death of a family member. The one time they did that, maybe they got called out because, oh, why didn't you so message that? So it's a trauma that? response, so it's still uh -huh. not okay. I don't feel it's healthy. I'm not judging them. I just don't think it's healthy for them. I understand why they do this, but at the same time, like, I think it's trauma response because if they tried to live through it authentically, mm -hmm. now they're escaping from the offensive authenticity but it might be Emma we're it talking about the person who is grieving or the people who are commenting the people who are commenting maybe that is their way of grief because uh, just to clarify so his point was that that so andrew john and his, his his point was that you were saying you know it's easy for people to just comment condolences and keep going and i agree with you but his point is you're kind of assuming that that they're just called call and moving on they might still be empathizing with the person because they may have had a similar loss or maybe they didn't but they can kind of understand it so so what he's saying is your point is correct but you're also kind of judging in a way those people mm -hmm. who comment in that they don't actually empathize with the person and i made the same mistake you did so that's why that's what i'm, and I I'm telling you what i literally well. just learned you know what i mean and, uh, so, going through all of those comments one after one. Oh my god you're probably an asshole oh my god you don't care at all why would you use those words that's so insensitive wait what the fuck and am you're I doing? being the judge you are not what the know? fuck am i doing it's not even it's my like, place especially to do that to judge this, this is in relation to what we spoke about last week Yes, and this week it's all just a massive circle. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Everyone's so it's lost. Like it's, 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 sorry. No, but, but especially with grief, it's hard, it's hard to sort of know what to do. So everyone's like a child in a fog. So like, There is no right way best. to do things. That's the issue. And I do think like it's becoming a norm is scary. They're like, all right, comment and, and move on. I, I do believe we should learn about other ways of reaching out as well. I'm not saying who just comments me, I assume. I, I, I persons. Sorry, Alex, Emma, I, I agree with you, but personally, you can say hello to everyone and connect with them, maybe. I physically absolutely cannot. I get tired, I get emotionally tired. So if enough, Someone who I've been an acquaintance of for one year, if their mother passes away, I will send them condolences, maybe via private message, you know, because that is the extent to which but I know always, them. But there was always a way like this. Yeah. Like, I don't know, on a Sunday you met them at church in 1920, you say, my condolences, but you're not thinking about them every day. Uh, and then somebody that they know will come see my message and then they'll get Anna pissed off and then they'll realize that they were being too yeah. Anna. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. It's all the judge is yeah. With all of this, no pressure. This is the last comment for the thing. Okay, it's a bit Don't don't make us talk. It is worth noting that we have had. We're talking about like <laughs> sounds like an essay. It is, <laughs> it is worth noting that. Who would make concern? Who make concern? Let me talk. Um, we're talking about like what's right, what isn't for social media, what to post, what's not to post, and all of that crap. 
Um, I think we need to understand like how little social media has actually been around for. Tipo, we've had so many centuries of talking to people. We had so much time with letters and that sort of communication, you know? We've had time to, if not perfect, but to experience other forms of communication. And social media has been here for, what, 20 years-ish? Like, when it's just started off its most basic form. When does Facebook founded? So, 2004, no, 15 years. 2004, so just, uh, just under 20 years. The rapid 17. rise. Uh, quickly like, we haven't had it for long enough to be able to determine what form of communication it should properly inherit. So I mean, it's no, easy. So, so we can make a judgment. There. We can yeah, make a judgment on what. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm overwhelmed. I can't lie. We, <laughs> I love it. Will it's we find out in time for the world to not end? Find out next time on humanity. I could just like have this conversation okay. for days. Wait, right, we need to go and continue. I can't. <laughs> So there you have it folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another Chatabouts episode. We hope you guys enjoyed that little excerpt of our workshop chat. Make sure to tune in because next week we'll have a new guest and a brand new topic to chat about. And make sure to follow Chewing on all its socials so you can stay updated with everything going on. Until the next one!